This is Changing the Rules, a podcast about designing the life you want to live. Hosted by Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world. Hi there, everybody. This is Ray Lowe, and we're breaking the rules again because Casey Dempster usually starts this show, and we're changing just because. Say hi, Casey. Hi, Casey. Okay, and... And uh, today we're going to uh, be talking about something called limbo, okay? And our guest today is Charles Ivory, and Charles is a longtime friend. Uh, I think he's retired now. I'm not sure. You never know with Charles because he goes in and out of retirement. But a former superintendent of schools and uh, ran a private company for a while, and he'll be with us to talk about his observations later about limbo. But we're going to start here talking a little bit about uh, changing rules and breaking rules and all of that stuff. You know, the whole show is about the concept that um, we all have rules. And we all have too many rules. And uh, with all those rules, it's trying to figure out sometimes how to organize your life and make it work smoothly. And uh, at least I believe that uh, we all need rules of some kind, but they should be our rules. And we're flooded throughout life with rules from our parents, rules from the schools, rules from the church, rules from our jobs, and all of a sudden, uh, we can't figure out where we're going. And as soon as you figure out what your rules are and implement them for you, all of a sudden, you become a free person and you can run your life the way you want to run them. So um, we're going to talk about limbo. And uh, Casey, uh, I know you did a whole bunch of research on what limbo really is. So uh, talk to us. Okay, well, um, I'm, I know that uh, it may have come up in previous podcasts that I am a veteran of the Catholic school system, and uh, the definition of limbo that we were taught is that it is the place that unbaptized babies go to when they die because they can't get into heaven because they weren't baptized. But it's, you know, it's not it's not like a punishment place. It's just that they can't get into heaven. Um, I think in 2008 or so, Pope Benedict did away with limbo. He, he decided that it does not exist. <laughs> Thank goodness. Too many rules. Yeah, yeah. But um, but that's that's the way it went. And um, and then there was a second definition, and that is that. Um, I believe limbo is a dance where you have to go under a stick. You know, ever since we rehearsed this a little bit, I've had this darn limbo music going through my head, and I can't get rid of it at all. That's because okay. I sang it to you, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So so let me add a couple of other definitions in here, because it also seems like that limbo is a place in gaming today, in computer gaming, that you you go when you do something wrong and uh, you you can't get back into the game until you get out of limbo. Okay, so so one of the things that I'm finding is that limbo is probably not a place where I want to be, and I don't think you want to be there. And uh, uh, I think what we need to do is come up with our own definition to clarify this. Uh, and I think limbo is kind of a place uh, between 
happiness and unhappiness? I mean, Casey, any thoughts? Well, um, I yes, we we kind of went around a little bit about this. Believe it or not, Ray and I do have um, strong discussions sometimes. <laughs> and, and I, my first response was, "Well, limbo is is a place that um, that." you can't get out of. Um, I said, it's, it's where you are, not where you want to be. And Ray's disagreed and said, well, he thinks it's even more in between than that. It's the place, but you have to say that, right? It's the place where you, it, I, tell, tell, go back and say you're, what you said about you're, you're stuck. You're speechless. Well, this it's is because Maybe it means I didn't really accept your definition. <laughs> this is this is a highlight moment of our podcast going on right now. Okay, so so let's go back to uh, my my thinking about limbo. I mean, first of all, uh, in my personal opinion, limbo is the one place in life that you don't want to be. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, usually there are people that are really happy with the way their lives are going. And if you're happy with your life and it's going the way you want it to go, there's no reason that you have to make any changes. You're happy, right? I mean, what's better than happy? Uh, Except that I think you have to understand that uh, there's a danger of falling out of happiness at some point in time. And you have to ever be attuned to to how to get back in um, because otherwise you fall into limbo for a while. The other side of limbo are people who are totally unhappy. And I don't think they have a major problem either. When you're totally unhappy, you usually take action to do something about it uh, because you're not going to put up with life that long. Uh, The problem is that there are a whole lot of people that are somewhere in between and they're kind of lost and uh, they kind of don't know where to go and they're not making progress in their life. So I think that uh, I'd like to create a definition for us in terms of limbo. Uh, I think people are happiest when they are in control of their life and they're designing their own life and they're moving forward. And I don't think uh, and, and, and let me just say that I think that people who are not in control of their lives generally are in limbo. Now, there's some some room in here to maneuver because I I also think that people who are trying to define their lives and trying to move forward are not necessarily in this state of limbo. But but I think that that limbo is a place where we don't want to be and it's a place where where uh, we go when we're not taking control of our life and moving forward. And when you go into limbo, what happens is uh there are some problems, okay? So uh, we're going to bring in Charles Ivory over here. And uh, uh, Charles was telling me about a uh, web call that he was on the other day with a group of people. And uh, some of the comments that he made here about that call all of a sudden just indicated to me that these are people that were once in total control of their life. They may be in control of their lives again, but now, right now, they may not be in control of their lives and they're struggling. So, so Charles, give us a couple of examples and then maybe we can pin down this whole concept of limbo and try and figure out what to do with it. Okay. Mr. Charles. Yes. Uh, thank you uh, for the invitation to be with you, uh, 
today for part of this conversation. The, the sense that I had from my uh, conference call yesterday with uh, nine people who uh, were practicing together for a virtual meeting that we will have in May uh, involving a larger uh, group of people for what we generally have as an annual face-to-face -face meeting. And of course, we can't do that right now. The general sense I had was um, this uh, state of uncertainty. You're right. These are people who have been uh, very successful in their lives. They were all county superintendents of school in New Jersey. Uh, they have a great deal of stability in their lives right now. But this pandemic has awakened. Uh, it's, it's not so much a fear, although that's uh, maybe an underlying concern and an emotional uh, overlay to this issue of uncertainty about what is going to happen next and what should they be preparing for next. Um, at, in, most of the people, I would say, were in our mid-70s. Uh, some were in their 80s. Um, they've had uh, this imminent sense of the uh, health threat that this pandemic uh, uh, creates, something you can't control other than to stay sequestered and, and be as safe as you can during these times. But that, that layers on this sense of vulnerability that people have that puts them in this uh, state of limbo. Um, and then there's the economic factors of protecting the assets that they've worked so hard for uh, a 50-year career to have in place to give them a, a stable future. So uh, the level of risk gets pretty high uh, and uh, warrants really uh, looking again at what their plan has been and where they thought they were and the implications of this pandemic, it creates a kind of personal pandemic and wondering about, okay, uh, the predictions that this will happen again, uh, will it happen in my remaining lifetime? And what must I prep for to cover myself, my family uh, for that next episode? Okay, hold that thought, Charles. Uh, we need to take a short break and let everybody know that we're still around and what the name of our show is. So, uh, Taylor, do your thing. You're listening to Changing the Rules with Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world. We will be right back with more exciting information. You know, every time I hear Diane do a commercial, I know she's not in limbo. <laughs> okay. All right, Charles. So holding your thought over here about this conversation that you had and people and Linda and Limbo, um, let's talk a little bit about why people might feel this way. And let me give you a list and then uh, talk a little bit about some of the things that maybe you gathered out of this, because this is a group of people, and I know some of them, and I know they're usually very secure, uh, very um, uh, confident people. And what I see with people in limbo is that uh, there are some dangers. And one of the first dangers is they tend to um, lose time. 
you know, time is probably the, the most, well, so one thing that we can't get more of. You know, nobody knows how much time they have on this world. And, and if you lose a day or lose a month or lose a week or whatever it is, you can never get that back. So all of a sudden, if your life is interrupted and all of a sudden you're in limbo somewhere, that time is there. Okay, I think one of the things that I find is that uh, people in limbo tend to feel lost. They tend to lose confidence. Uh, they tend to lose their self worth. They they tend to worry, and they certainly have tended to lose a sense of direction. So, did you feel this when you talk to people? And you know, comment on it a little bit. I don't sense uh, that these that this particular group of people with the way you've described them being generally very secure and very confident about their ability to uh, move forward under virtually any circumstance, uh, are feeling uh, so overwhelmed that they can't take back that control. I think that the questions that they had were uh, more along the lines of, how do I get back that control? Uh, my limbo is not so much that I'm lost in uh, limbo, I just recognize that that's where I am, and I need to figure out how to move forward. Okay, it helps clarify what what I was. Yeah, I, conversation. I, I think Casey, do you have any comments on this, or do you want to just sit there and rest? <laughs> Uh, well, I was thinking. I was thinking in terms of a very personal experience, and um, that was that I went through a divorce that was uh, dragged out for a while, and there was nothing I could do during that time period. It was because um, the courts were setting dates that I had no control over. I couldn't. Um, I felt that I couldn't even start to to go look at places where I might go to live because I didn't know what my resources were going to be. I, I was very frustrated, and um, and that also that led to a feeling of um, obviously lack of control, and it made me um, very depressed. I had a very hard time focusing, and um, and it and as soon as things were finalized, and I knew. What, what I was going to do, and I was able to start taking action, I, it, it was like the whole thing fell away. It, it was, And I had not realized during that time that I was depressed. I didn't realize it until it went away. So I think that okay. that's what a lot of people might be feeling is this, this <clears throat> social distancing has been imposed on us from the outside. And there's really, we're not controlling when it's going to stop. So I think that's kind of where this group that Charles was talking to might be. Okay, so so what causes people to go into limbo? I mean, obviously, you know, a virus does, right? You know, a pandemic, uh, we have this kind of an event that is occurring here. And uh, because nobody knows what's going on, and our lives have changed, we haven't adapted yet. And I, again, I think that many people will adapt. Some will adapt less. Uh, what what other events could occur? Any thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, it can be anything. It could be... Um... It could be that a person is unhappy with some form, some aspect of their life. They might not be happy in their job. Um, they might, and they might feel trapped. 
you know, maybe that's part of it is that you're feel, you feel trapped in a place that, um, you don't know really how to get out of. And, and there could be a whole, you know, like in a job situation, it might be that they feel that they, um, they don't have, um, a better opportunity to go to, uh, because they have, uh, dependents, they have responsibilities. They, uh, maybe think that the only way that they can, uh, move, move to a higher level is, um, an education and they don't have the opportunity or the time to, to do that. You know, like there's, and, and I think a lot of people in limbo are, um, in denial. Okay. Talk, talk more about denial. Well, um, you told a story one time about a, um, a couple that, had recently moved into your, um, over 55 community and, um, they did so they moved from North Jersey to South Jersey and they did so, so that they could be closer to their grandchildren and their children, but mostly the grandchildren. And, um, and they kind of envisioned that they were going to spend a couple of hours, a few hours a week, uh, with the grandchildren. And, um, as time went on, they suddenly realized that they were providing f- full-time childcare, and that this was uh, inhibiting their ability to do maybe some of the other things that they thought that they were going to be able to do when they moved down there. So um, I think that they probably they may have. Um, not realize that they were kind of stuck in a place that they didn't want to be because they, they did want to be with their grandchildren and they were spending time with their grandchildren. So maybe they didn't think that they were in limbo. Okay. So, uh, let's, let's regress a little bit and see if we can't get a, a handle on this and Charles, you can feel free to jump in as we go, but, but a definition of limbo is, uh, somewhere I think between, uh, being happy and being unhappy uh, with being in control and not being in control of your circumstances. And um, when you're in limbo, what happens is that you are not in control of your time. That's one of the big ones. And I think in the babysitter's case, in this case, this is what's happening. Uh, all of a sudden, I remember this couple well, and uh, they were thinking that, uh, you know, two, three days a week, you know, in the mornings, they would take their grandchildren, they would take them out and enjoy life with them and play with them and take them off their kids' hands for a short period of time. Well, because they didn't have really solid thoughts about what they wanted to do and communicate them, What happened is they got caught into this morass of uh, uh, being full-time babysitters. Uh, So I get the idea. You think that they are in limbo, even though they kind of semi-enjoyed where they were. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. I think that they, um, in a sense, they, they did not feel like they were in control because they ended up providing a lot more hours of childcare than they had anticipated. Um, but they probably also were saying to themselves, well, you know, it's our grandchildren and this won't go on forever. And, um, you know, so there was a, a feeling of, um, less than happy, but not miserable. Is that okay. closer? 
yeah, I think, well, I think we're struggling with this. I think the idea is that uh, all of a sudden this concept of limbo has come into the fore, uh, much more so than, than uh, normal. I mean, it's always there, but mm -hmm. we're seeing it today because everybody is kind of in this status over here. And uh, before we bring Charles back in again, let's take another break. It'll make Taylor happy. <laughs> and, and, and I get to hear Diane's voice again. It'll make me happy. Okay. This is Changing the Rules. Stay tuned to learn more about the Friends Connection and how you can be a part of this valuable life experience. You know, I, I personally like that. It uh, breaks my limbo up. You know, what can I tell you? <laughs> All right, Charles. So, yeah. you know, you've had the opportunity to kind of sit here and listen to this stuff. And uh, define for us your thoughts of what limbo is. And we're going to talk a little bit about how you get out. Okay. But talk a little bit about uh, what what you see as limbo. What, what are the dangers that you see there, you know, uh, how do people feel? How do people fall into this? You're, you're on free form now, so just go ahead and do your thing. My, my concern is whether people realize they're even in limbo or um, have a sense of what it is uh, beyond that they might just be feeling unhappy about what's going on around them or or that uh, there's a, a loss of control, but they're not quite sure uh, what that means for them. And then uh, having people to talk with about it, that's more complicated right now because of where we are with this sequestering. But nevertheless, how, how do you uh, figure this out? How, who do you speak with to better understand why you're feeling the way you do. Um, because with the, the example of the babysitter, they begin possibly to feel obligated to carry out this uh, jobs, so to speak, yet are not happy with the implications for what they were hoping their lives would be. For the people I was speaking with yesterday, uh, they realize something is going on and they, they want to get back in control, still need the conversation in order to be able to work themselves out of it. Okay, so let's let's kind of enumerate what, what are the dangers of being in limbo? Because I, I think it's really important uh, that people understand that being in this state does things to that. So I'll start out with the first one and it's losing time. I mean, uh, you know, we're all in limbo at some point in time. People lose a job and, you know, maybe they can't do anything for a while. Uh, but if they're stuck here and they're stuck in this place where they can't do anything, every hour that goes by, every day that goes by, every week that goes by is a day, week, a time period that they don't get back. All right. Mm -hmm. right. Uh, Casey, give me another one. What do you think? Well, um, I, th I think to myself <clears throat> a lot of times of people that um, feel that they don't have the control and, and feel that they may never have the control. And for instance, um, you know, I'm going to go back to this job situation, like they're in a job, 
they're not crazy about their job, but they don't feel that they can do anything about it. They have responsibilities that they have to maintain. Um, they, they, uh, they're being told what to do by society or by their employers or whatever. And they just, and I think that maybe in their upbringing, they were always taught maybe overtly and maybe subliminally that, um, they're not in charge that that they they are not they they can't control their lives that their lives are controlled by the man if you will okay and- let me let me toss another concept in here because i i think it gets us maybe towards one of the ways we can use to get out of this thing called limbo i want to i want to bring into place regrets okay now, reg- regrets aren't something that you think about necessarily while you're in this period of, li- of limbo. But uh, I was in a coaching program a while ago, and I remember one of the exercises that we went through once upon a time was, uh, okay, so, so now here you are, you're older. You know, maybe you're in your 90s, maybe you're in your hundreds or uh, whatever it is. And all of a sudden you sit back and you're looking back at your life. What are some of the things that would be unacceptable to feel regret for? And then what are you doing to get out of that? Okay. And these are indications that you're either in limbo or some part of your life is in limbo. I, I, I look at it and I know that uh, my parents aren't alive anymore. And there are times when I would like to go back and, and wish that I had spent more time with them. Well, I can't do that. Okay, it's it's mm-hmm. something I can't recreate. So so uh, wishing for it is kind of a second process. But but one of the things that I've made a decision on is that I'm not going to let my relationships with friends that are alive get that way. All right, um, and uh, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this concept of regrets, Charles Casey? Anything? I was. Um, uh thinking about a concept that we've talked about before and that plays a really important role in education, and that is this thinking around learned helplessness. Mm -hmm. And I think that that uh, supports a lot of what KC was talking about, uh, that sense that people, and and Ray, you said, uh, other people are driving what we need to do. And we get in a rut. We get in a place where we don't know that we can get out of that rut. We don't know how to do it. Uh, and we don't know what the options are. We just, uh, we've learned uh, that we are not in control and that we can't get control. So how do we, how do you get people to that place where they feel uh, confident and competent enough that they can sift through what is going on around them and begin to focus on what their direction needs to be. And I think for a lot of people that requires conversation. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, uh, let's let's go back again and try and, and gather a definition of uh, uh, this concept of limbo. Okay. Let me, let me throw out what I'm getting from this conversation, okay? Uh, Generally, people who are in limbo are people who don't have a direction in life 
that they're actively working towards. Okay, they don't have control. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. and we see that so many times. You know, where where uh, somebody is working two jobs because they got to feed their family, and they can't find any way of getting out of that. Okay, and part of that is you know they're spending more than they make, so they're going into debt. You get this whole feeling of helplessness and stuff like that. Uh, so, uh, in addition to that, I think that part of the definition is. You don't necessarily have to know where you're going, but you have to be working at knowing where you're going. Is that true? Not yeah. true? Okay. So, so if we if we say that uh, if you can design your own life, if you can get control of where you're going, if you're constantly working on a plan and taking action towards that goal, you're probably not in limbo. It's where it's where you're not taking action that you get stuck in this area of limbo again. And I think part of it, one of the other factors that comes into play is you have to tell the truth to yourself. Okay? Uh, because I, I see, you know, in our example of the babysitters that we had here before, uh, they were kind of accepting the status in here instead of going back to what they really wanted. And they were uh, satisficing. Is that a word? That's a word we used to use in business school all the time about. Uh, I don't know that that's the correct word. Uh, but but somehow they, they were just not being honest with themselves about where they are and what they really want out of life and what they want to do. And I think, I think part of that is to use this concept of regrets to look back and maybe say that if I really look back at my life, what are the regrets that would not be acceptable to me at some point in time in the future? And maybe they'll kick me in the rear end to get out of here. Now, we're going to take another break here, but Casey actually has a plan, okay, for getting people out of limbo, okay? So, so Taylor, we want to talk about the Friends Connection for a minute here. This is Changing the Rules. Stay tuned to learn more about the Friends Connection and how you can be a part of this valuable life experience. Okay, so we have people in limbo, and they may be in limbo because they've really lost hope. What, were the, what was the word that you talked about, about the learned something or other, Charles? Learned helplessness. Yeah, that's really a solid comment. It's, it's a very psychological say, a word. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's been a great deal of research in that area um, out of the University of Pennsylvania, actually. Um, and uh, lots of implications for all aspects of our lives. Yeah, how do, how do, go, go well, I was just going to say that you know, growing up in the in the time period and in the environment that I did, we were kind of that's kind of how we were brought up. You know, we were we were brought up to um, that we were we all had uh, this this. Um, path that we had to follow, that we had to follow rules that other people had set up, and um, and that we were unable, and it would be wrong to try to change it. And that's what we're kind of fighting against with this podcast, is this this concept that that you have to follow all the rules, whether they work for you or not. Okay. And there are other people's uh, rules. 
Yeah. Belong to someone else, not necessarily to you or me. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what we need to do here is we need to throw the rope of hope to people, okay, <laughs> to get them out of limbo. How's that? Okay. Is that like soap on a rope, Ray? Well, I don't know, but it goes along with learned hopelessness, right, or whatever it is. <laughs> okay. And we. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we need to get people out. And, and so what is the rope of hope? And, and I think, um, uh, talk to us briefly about the plan and, and give us the brief version, KJ. Okay, well, the, the brief version is that if you're feeling dissatisfied or uneasy or uncomfortable and you're not really sure what to do about it, the, the first place to to start is to sit down and say, well, okay, what's working in my life? And at least get that on the table because that can, that can start to build confidence. The second thing is to say, all right, now what's not working? And um, if you can identify the things that you're unhappy with, then you, you, you have the very basis of a plan to, to start to attack the unhappy aspects and see what, what you can do about changing them for the better. And if you want to get out of the hole, don't try and get this huge plan all at one time. Uh, I think I think you're right that where you start is what's working, what's not working, and you pick one or two or three things at the most in here that you're going to work on over a time period of time and see if you can make progress. Uh, uh, one of the things that, uh, again, I have in the back of my head is progress, not perfection. It's it's something I grew up with and something I think about all the time. Uh, perfection is hard to do. And if you're trying to get the perfect plan in place all at one time, you're never going to get going. Right. So how do you kickstart this thing and get going? So let's say that the first rope of hope <laughs> is, is the simple process of sitting down, saying what's working, what's not working, and I don't care how busy you are, everybody's got an hour to sit down and take a look at this thing, and if you don't, if you can't find that hour, then, yeah, you're going to have a tough time getting out of this. I, you know, Charles, do you have any comments? Um, actually, I think that it complements what you're talking about, complements the issue of learned helplessness uh, straight on, and uh, would be uh, really important uh, for people in the sense of uh, taking that first step. I think once you can begin the process of uh, identification of what's not working and what is working, you're already on, you've already taken a leap to get yourself out of that uh, sense of limbo. Yeah, Ray, I, I don't know if you remember this incident, but we had a client at one time who um, had some very strict rules that she was living by. And um, through a series of conversations, she finally uh, thanked you and said that you had given her permission to live mm -hmm. a different life. And sometimes people need that. Not that you're the, the, the authority, but, but sometimes they need somebody to give them the permission to think differently. Okay, so here's how we're going to give people permission, okay? We have this thing that we're building on, and we call it our friend's connection, 
Okay. And unfortunately, it's in limbo at the moment. Okay. <laughs> no, but I just say a plan. we've been done in we've been <laughs> done in by the virus, but we have a plan. And and part of it is uh we're going to have this conference later in the year. We don't know when because we can't get permission from the hotels yet to get dates. But we are having a virtual conference, and the virtual conference happens to be this Friday, and it's still possible to sign up if you want to do that. But but the purpose of this thing is to get people together. I think one of the things that Charles brought up is that people need conversation. Uh, people need to be able to talk this through because sometimes it's hard to get it off the dime if you're not talking with other people. So, so part of this is brainstorming. It's uh, we sit down and and we try and decide what we want to work on going forward on our own, and then we share with other people and we get ideas from other people. And then we supplement that with bringing in experts who can feed us data on things that we probably want to weave into a plan of sorts. And then I think this 90-day this process that you alluded to um, is the real rope of hope. In fact, we may have to rename the plan now, but, <laughs> but, but it's basically – Really simple. I mean, you know, what's working in in your life? What's not working in your life? And and what do I want to do over the next two or three months to make sure I don't lose those things that are working for me? And take one or two things that are not working for me and move ahead on them. And um, and and I think we have these three pieces that kind of fit together. Uh, hopefully, we're going to continue these podcasts, and we're going to get people like Charles on here, who have insights that you know we don't see right away. It's you know part of this is sharing with other people. And thank you for your your wisdom today, Mr. Ivory. Okay. Thank you. Or, or should I call you Sir Childs? We, uh, we may, we may elevate you to knighthood now after after this experience. <laughs> but, but I think, I think you know, listening to what you had to say about your group and and where they were and and how uh, they have the possibility of getting themselves out. They they need a little bit of permission. They need a kick in the rear end, maybe, and they need a group discussion to kind of pull them out. Right. Yeah. Yes. And the Friends Connection is designed for this. It's designed to get people to kind of work in a group. And in addition to that, you know, subscribe to our podcast uh, and uh, listen. We will continue to have people like Charles come on and talk a little bit about uh, their experience in uh, getting in and out of limbo, among other things. And um, uh, Charles, do you have any parting comments that you want to make before we leave? We're about done. Well, I think you're on target. I, I keep going back to uh, the reflections uh, from earlier about getting started. If if the if you can just take that one step to really start to sort through what is working and what is not working in your life, that can launch you from that place of limbo. Limbo. Okay, and uh, Ms. Dempster, any final parting comments here? Jack, be nimble, Jack, be quick. Jack, <laughs> go under limbo stick. <laughs> 
Gee, thanks. Okay. <laughs> so, so uh, thanks everybody for being with us. Uh, we're going to see you in about two weeks. Uh, we're going to pick another topic. Uh, it probably will not be limbo because, but, but it may be because I probably won't be able to get that darn song out of my mind for the next couple of weeks. And, and Charles, again, thanks for being with us and listeners. Thanks for being with us. And we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Thank you for listening to Changing the Rules, a podcast designed to help you live your life the way you want and give you what you need to make it happen. Join us in two weeks for our next exciting topic on Changing the Rules with Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world.